0: One of my friend's pivotal introduction came through his personal trainer. Everyone in your network has value and has networks. How are you treating them?
1: Welcome to the Powder Cake Podcast, the show that plugs you into the massive opportunities in startups and innovation in tech hubs beyond Silicon Valley that are exploding with potential. I'm your host, Matt Hunkler, and on today's episode, we'll be sharing a recent interview and live Q&A with Kelly Hoey, who is the author, speaker, and podcast host of Build Your Dream Network. Now, if you think of networking as circulating at boring cocktail parties and handing out business cards, think again. In the social media age, we need a modern roadmap for building and activating powerful connections to achieve both your loftiest long-term and simplest short-term goals. Networking expert Kelly Hoey's advice is going to give you the tools and confidence that you need to identify your networks and connect with them in order to achieve everything from landing a new job or client to funding a new business venture or investing in one. We get into all of that and more in today's show. But first, do you want to discover even more interesting companies, stories, and strategies to help you reach your full potential? Get the inside scoop with Powder Keg's hand-curated newsletter, The Spark, delivered to your inbox each week with the tech news and opportunities outside of Silicon Valley that you need to know. Just go to powderkeg.com, sign up on the homepage, and each Thursday, you're going to get an email directly from me with the most important stories, trends, and companies in tech. It's curated by some of the most connected people in tech hubs between the coasts with insights that you're not going to find anywhere else. So again, that's powderkeg.com, P-O-W-D-E-R-K-E-G, powderkeg, all one word, dot com. Today's guest is Kelly Hoey, a networking expert who has been lauded by Forbes as a woman who is changing the world of VC and entrepreneurship. She's also been heralded by Fast Company as one of the 25 smartest women on Twitter and by Inc. as one of... 10 most well-connected people in New York city's startup scene. She is a frequent speaker at leadership conferences, which is actually where I met Kelly and was actually in Aruba. We talk about that in the show today and Kelly helps businesses and professionals leverage their formal and informal social networks. Kelly has a whole new approach to an old topic and her fresh process for upping your social game does not require circulating in stale rooms or forcing awkward conversations. Thank you. Instead, Kelly shares how small changes in your daily routines, simple generosity, and goal-focused efforts are all it takes to set you apart and lead to big opportunities. I recorded this in the midst of the coronavirus pandemic, so we get into a lot of great strategies for building your network remotely. I really hope you find this helpful. Uh, I hope you enjoy the conversation as much as I did. Here's my live conversation, and community Q&A with Kelly Hoey. Kelly, without further ado, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here today.
0: Oh, it's awesome to be here with you. Thanks for having me.
1: Absolutely. It's so exciting. And I, I um, was just reflecting on kind of our relationship and uh, the fact that The times that I've run into you in person have been some of the most amazing places that I have ever been. I think says a lot about your ability to network and you're just always doing awesome things. I love following you on social media because you're always connecting with great people. You're always looking to help. And I think we'll probably get to some of those uh, personal, uh, I don't know what you'd call them, core values of yours in this conversation. But I just wanted to maybe open by talking a little bit about how did you get to where you are today? And I know that's a big question, but can you remember your first memory of building a business relationship?
0: I mean, some of the approach I take to network building, and thank you for having me and having this discussion. Um, The approach I take to networking and network building goes back to when I Sorry, everyone, when I was a lawyer, um, and uh, I, you know, I'm a graduate uh, of law school, you know, University of British Columbia School of Law, practiced in Toronto, and that was back in the day where we did not have social media. There were attorney advertising rules, and you needed to grow and nurture your network from the relationships you had. And you needed to do that by paying attention to their needs. And you needed to do that by thinking about what it was that they needed Um, and delivering, you know, whether it was a piece of work, delivering a great product, doing a great job, and then having other people talk about you. And so that sort of sits at that core for me. And, And I've always sort of thought about, Matt, like how you build from that core of the relationships you have because every opportunity, when I look back at my own career, has sort of unfolded that way versus me applying on a help wanted or, you know, some magical stranger, you know, delivering something that I thought I needed. It's, it's all come from someone in my network knowing. So when I think back, that's where all of that starts for me.
1: Well, and I know you did a lot of the right things from the start in terms of nurturing your relationship. But do you remember some of the maybe stumbles you had early on when you were trying to figure out the right way to connect and and build relationships?
0: Oh, I wanna tell you Adam, one massive stumble I had was, uh, so I moved to New York from Toronto back in 1998. And when I decided to make a career change four years later, yeah, 2002, Uh, I realized I'd made a massive, massive error. I had a very robust network in a very narrow area of business. And it did not give me strength and movement to make a career change, the career change I wanted. And I had to rebuild, like I had to build an entirely new network. And that was a, a massive mistake. So for people listening right now, they might be thinking, oh, you know, put in your favorite profanity. Um, oh, you know, I, I, that's, but this is where you need to start thinking, all right, it's not just your business relationships that can help you right now. You know, who are your, you know, your current colleagues? Who are your colleagues from a prior job? are the people you see on the weekend, you know, used to see on the weekend, you know, who'd you go to church with? Who'd you volunteer with? Who'd you go to school with? All of those networks can come to bear and help you if you have been there for them. But that was a massive mistake of mine. And that was, so once I realized that I thought to myself, I'm never putting my career in that kind of jeopardy ever again.
1: I love that. I I love that lesson. I've can definitely relate to that. Um, I think everyone, everyone probably can to some degree with their with respect to college and what they could have been doing in college versus what might have been helpful after college. Um, I, I think that's the one that resonates for me the most. But I'm, I, I know that one of the things that people struggle with, um, or at least I have struggled with, is as your network kind of continues to grow, um, it can be it can start to feel a little bit overwhelming Mm -hmm. and almost like this you saw the headlines last year about people being overwhelmed by social media and that it's causing people to become depressed or be stressed out Mm -hmm. because there's so many different interactions so many different relationships do you have any advice for how to uh, maybe have the right mindset when approaching networking when it comes to everything online
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah um well, first off, I'd say manage your time on it because uh, we don't need to be there all the time. And uh, think about where you need to be, um, like which. when I say that, which device you need to have it on. So um, other, Instagram and Twitter sits on my phone. That's the only two. Uh, and I turn off all notifications because there can be a complete distraction factor on it that can then raise your anxiety levels and then spiral into, oh my God, oh my God, I need to do whatever. Um, The second thing I would say is think about those platforms as real, like real places where you meet people as opposed to that social thing, that internet thing, right? Because I think how we behave online it should be as seamless when we meet someone in person and vice versa. So as I say in my book, I think of, you know, LinkedIn is the office. I think of, you know, sort of Facebook as friends and family, or used to think of it that way. Uh, you know, Twitter is the cocktail party, right? So how we are, who we are is the same, but how you communicate in each of those situations is very different. So, linkedin i typically that's a monday through friday thing for me and i typically just post the things that i think are going to be helpful for my network so i may not talk to everybody every day but anyone who's following me will know that at least first thing in the morning i'll try and post something that i think will help them in their career and then you know um say instagram kind of gets a mixed bag with me of kind of work and personal and then Twitter it's like well you know who can I have coffee with in the morning for 30 minutes and when at the end of the day may I want to have a little dialogue and you know chat about some other things and where am I the good guest at the cocktail party when I think of Twitter that someone wants to come back or wants me to come back to their party and that's and that's the way I think of them but part of the managing it is like managing the distraction and managing the time and if you have all of those social networking apps on your phone with notifications, it's going to drive you crazy.
1: I 100% (laughs) agree with that. And I actually love that mindset. I'm going to start turning on like coffee shop playlists when I'm like engaging on, on social in the morning, just to kind of put myself in that mindset. I I love that Kelly, because I'm, I think both you and I are kind of people, people, which is why we end up, reconnecting with each other at events again and again and again. Um, And in this world we're in now where obviously we wanna be as socially distant at least physically as possible to help flatten the curve, uh, that that little mental hack is something I will absolutely apply. Thanks for sharing that.
0: You're welcome, but it's also, because I think it'll help because there's times when, like I'm feeling right now particularly, because I have a particular affinity and love for Twitter. And for me right now, Twitter in many ways feels like the Twitter I joined back in kind of 2008, 2009. People are just having little conversations. And and the kinds of conversations that people who use Twitter in a one-way marketing way wouldn't understand because you just see this sort of ping pong ball of two or three sentences back and forth, right? Like short little back, and you're like, what are they doing? We're just having a chat. And you need to think about the fact that these are real people. They're not just avatars. And you've got to wonder when you join a conversation, would I do this in real life? Like if you and I were sitting in a Starbucks having a conversation, Matt, you know, someone coming up and you know, thrusting their service in their face. Oh, you know, you guys should check this out. I mean, you wouldn't do that in person. That would be rude. That would be totally obnoxious. We'd probably tell you to talk to the hand if we were being nice or if I was being my New Yorker self, I'd say something worse. No. So don't do that on Twitter. You know what? If you want to come and talk to me on Twitter, come and talk to me, come and be part of my network. See what I'm doing. Don't just show up because, Oh, Kelly just mentioned X. Oh good. I'm going to come and try and sell her that. Yeah, no, I I lose my mind on it or I just block you. One of the two.
1: It's like, it's like the person at the the physical networking events that goes around just like shoving business cards in people's hands, thinking that that's, that's networking. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. You don't want to be that person.
0: No, no. and just, yeah. The more you think of, right, this is a real person. What, what can I learn from them? Because they've detailed everything on their LinkedIn profile. You know, they've got a podcast. They've got a this. Let me, let me pull all these little bits, disparate bits, of piece of information together, and now let me see if I can get an introduction, Or now let me see if, you know, what I wanna to talk to them about. Um, and the more you do that, and the more you're like, okay, let me talk as a human being, not as a one-way business development or marketing flow, the, more, the, the greater the likelihood that when we don't have to be socially distant, you know, you're actually gonna be like, oh, it's like the same person. I mean, the only time someone sort of thought I was different than I was online was they, um, they said, you're much taller than your Twitter profile. Uh, anyway.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're only like this big on the internet. <laughs> um, you mentioned your book, Kelly, which I'm, I'm so glad that you published it. And I pre-ordered it when it came out. And I was digging for it this morning because we moved to the new house and we still don't have all our bookshelves up. So I was digging for that copy of it so I could bring out specific pieces of it. But I was wondering if, um, if you could share oh, maybe you, why you wrote that
0: book. Does, does your book look like mine? Yeah.
2: Oh.
1: <laughs> now, I don't, I don't have the like um, post-it notes, but I have a highlighter system. So I've, I am uh, highlighters and ballpoint pens and dog ears. Those are my... Right. All right, well, You GoTLs. know what, when
0: you find that book, you know, you're, you're going to come on and talk to me about that. Because this week, I'm doing the first, I'm, I'm so excited about this. I'm interviewing a reader of my book about how he uses my book. Because he made a reference to a, uh, the diagram on like page 60. And he's like, this is what I do every time I get a new project. And I'm like, we need to talk. I, I need to understand this. So <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm like launching a new thing that I'm like interviewing readers of my book to find out how they're applying it So why did I write the book? Um, you know, this this is a really great question for this reason right now Lots of people are thinking about what they're going to be doing. Um, they may be in career transition the, the you know, voluntary or involuntary uh, they may have thought about um, reentering the workforce Uh, They may be in a job that they think, I'm not happy about it when things change. I want to do something else. Um, You know, this is a really good time to listen to your network because they often see more in you than you see in yourself in terms of your skill set, in terms of the type of uh, work that kind of rocks your world and all the rest of it. And the reason I wrote this book was my network basically told me to. And I had been approached by several people for networking advice for their books And I was sort of like, hold on a minute here. Maybe maybe I should do this. And when I kind of hinted at that with a few people in my network, there was this like massive sigh of relief. They were like, oh my God, thank you. You're finally doing what we've wanted you to do for years. So, you know, listen to your network. And I really wanted to write a book that had case studies and roadmaps, not just, you know, I had dinner on the stage at the Grand Old Opry, right? Like, how, like, I wanted to show people, like, here, you can do this. Um, and, you know, as an aside, like, one comment or book reviewer, they wrote, they said, they said my book wasn't very helpful because um, all I did was highlight people with success, people who had successful networks. I'm like, you didn't read my book. These, none of the people in my book were born with a big old network. All of them built it a relationship at a time and achieved really amazing career results from working their way up from a customer service role to a coveted, you know, managerial position, uh, building books of business, uh, changing careers, uh, keeping a career in an economic downturn, you know, all sorts of things like that. And, and so anyway, that's why, that's why I wrote it. I, writing a book was not on my bucket list, but neither was having dinner on the stage at the Grand Old Opry. And both of those things have been pretty damn great.
1: That was pretty damn cool. I 100% agree. <laughs> I, um, I heard you mention how to keep your job in an economic downturn. Any mm-hmm. advice for that? Maybe people that are listening right now?
0: I mean, this is where you look around and you say, where can I add value? Uh, where can I be a great colleague? Um, where can I help out? Where can I be... Uh, you know, often say to people, don't network, be of service. Where are there things within my company, my industry, like, and it may be sort of broader within your company. So actually the case study was our mutual friend, Verily Crows, um, who uh, we know from Aruba and uh, she was at a big four accounting firm and she was hired in the New York office. She'd moved from the Aruba office. She'd hired uh, right before it was like close to in proximity of the financial crisis and sort of the last hire in. You think you're going to be the first one fired. At the end of the day, there was, had been 32 people in the department, you know, Val, one of them, and she was the last hire. At the end of the financial crisis, there was four left in that department. She was one of the four. Wow. And what she had done was, yes, she was good at what she does, but that's like, that's what we all should be. You know, in the job we're in, we should be really good at it. So she was good at that. She um, looked around and she figured, right, uh, if I am going to keep my job more than my boss needs to know that I'm good at my job, where else can I, you know, lend a hand? Where else can I um, contribute to the well-being of the firm? And so she wrote speeches for people. She got involved in firm events. She, you know, like the volunteer, like all over the place so that other people were talking about her and that was really, really key. So, you know, if you're thinking about it right now, like, you know, if you haven't spent that time on your internal network or haven't thought that networking at work is important, I would say, you know, do your 180 on that right now. Um, and how can you be of service? How can you see other opportunities where, when someone is asking for like, what can we do differently? Voice your opinion, you know, share those ideas um, and, and uh, you know, that, that should help you hold you out and help you out in good stead.
1: That's great advice. Um, I've, I'm seeing a a few questions come in here uh, from our live viewers and I'd love to pull one in right now. This is actually an anonymous question. Uh, This question uh, says, you both mentioned key events that are very valuable. What types of events are those? Um, And is it a national group like Entrepreneurs Organization or is it something else?
0: Well, I mean, this is my advice right now because, you know, obviously we're not in real life, but we are in real life. And um, this is where taking advantage of the chat function um, and... Uh, using them to your advantage. So let me do that and then I'll go back to how you find sort of some of these groups. But use these chat functions to the fullest to network. Um, I recently did a presentation for the global networking group for the creative community, Creative Mornings. And when people were joining their Zoom call, I said to everybody, please say who you are, who you work for, like where you are in the world, right? Are you in New York, are you in Brooklyn, are you in Vancouver, like where are you? And um, say who you work for and then ask your question, okay? So if you jump in and say, hey everybody, great to meet you. You know, I'm Matt, this is blah, blah, blah." Ba all of a sudden you start networking with people. And what happened in that Creative Mornings presentation, somebody asked a question they said, I've just recently moved to San Diego and I'm looking, wondering how to meet some new people. The number of people who then piled on and who were like, hey, I'm in San Diego, I can help you out, you know, all that kind of thing. So treat the chat function not as the sort of, I don't know, like the customer service on, (laughs) you know, the chat bots we get. Don't use it that way. Use it as the equivalent as if you were sitting next to people in a room and you were extending your hand to say, Hey, here's who I am. And who are you? And this is where I am. And this is But use it in that human way. But like, look around, there's all sorts of conferences, uh, you know, not just you guys uh, to have now taken in real life events, virtual um, go and look for those organizations, how they're taking them online, how they're offering up things. I think the more people do things like this, and so, you know, pat yourself on the back, kudos to you, um, Matt, and your community. The more that they're doing, you're doing these things and showing that the, it's your community first oriented, those when we're allowed back, you know, out of our cages, out of, out of, our, out of our self-isolation, out of our voluntary quarantine, when we're allowed to gather again those are the communities you want to be part of because they've cared about their community first. And, th- and that's where you should be headed, you know, always. But I think right now, given the roadblocks and barriers with, with virtual, go for the communities that are community first.
1: That's great advice. Our next question is from Fraser in the UK. Um, give Fraser a minute to uh, come on so he can ask his question, although I know he is quite a distance away. So, Fraser, can you hear me?
2: Hi, can you hear
1: me?
0: Sure can. We can
1: hear you. Welcome to the show, yeah. Frasier. What, what, uh, what profession are you in and uh, what do you do?
2: Yeah, so I've kind of actually got, um, it's kind of three strands to the business. So the first one's kind of technology. I'm looking to do like training courses into corporates as one. The second is books, and the third is art. So really, what I'm kind of come on today is um, trying to crack the US hard market, big country. Um, And I think particularly because I'm trying to, because I'm an artist, I've finished a children's book, which toys, but I'm trying to really take that to the states. So it's my books and also my art as well. So we have actually just to kind of give you give you an update on the art. So the BBC here has done. I don't know if they've done it in the US. Um, a thing called isolation in art. So the kiddies are all, or children, I should say, not kiddies. Um, <laughs> the, ch- the children are all doing rainbows, and I've kind of jumped on that with a motivational word. But I'm looking to sell these type of paints into corporates like boardrooms, hotels, hospitals, uh, airports, So that's an avenue I really want to get into. Um but the books is, is quite prevalent at the moment because my first book's out already and my second book, I'm just trying to get that published and out. Um, but I do really want to hit radio and TV. So it's trying to get some bites, if that makes sense. So I just kind of feel at the moment, I need to get one door opening and then it's door, door, door opens, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. So uh, Frasier, if I could, if yeah, I could summarize. Oh, so go ahead. I, I was just gonna say what I heard was, uh, Fraser, you're you're trying to figure out how to take an already successful career in the UK And break into the u.s market while you're also launching
2: your second book correct yeah and then also what i've been doing as well with the art um i really want to kind of get that now global as well
1: great that's that's really helpful fraser thank you
2: great question
0: excellent excellent summary there matt thank you and fraser thank you for the question the first thing i would say you know as someone who has Moved to the U.S. Um, and uh, you know, I Matt will back me up on this. There is no U.S. market. There is very many markets, and so you've really got to narrow down, like who and where. Um, and um, in this case, sort of like I know it's it's with respect to the the children's the the book, and I'm hearing with respect to children, but narrow down and, and sort of focus in on. Um, like a slender piece of all of that, because this, yes, this is the biggest consumer market in the world, but it's not made up of one market. We are very different in New York than we are in the center of the country than we are on the West coast. So um, I would just sort of say that is, and, and that's a good mindset to to take in on this. This is also right now where I would say if you've already had success in the UK where are the relationships you already have who can start to help you make inroads in this market um and that um that can take a little bit of work but that is work and time well spent because just throwing you know hail marys into the u.s market you know it's kind of like throwing spaghetti at the wall and hoping something's going to stick um you're better off to start And I say this for everybody and sort of couching my answer in that way, start with who you already know and start figuring out like if you've already identified particular publications you want or particular media outlets you want to be in, um, um, then start to sort of work your way from that, like who in your network may be connected to that type of industry that type of person who could give you the entree into those in the US market. So that would hopefully that makes sense but that's that's what I would recommend. I'm also going to add this proviso on all of my answers to everybody. When you write a book on networking folks, you have to eat your own dog food. And I mean by that is I follow my own advice. So I am not telling you any advice that I wouldn't do myself. And one more thing for Fraser is uh, this is where social media is really handy not to make in your face kind of, hey, I've got a book I want to sell into the U.S. You know, that's kind of like the example I gave earlier with Matt about someone charging in. But this is where you can start doing the research. You can watch, you can listen, you can see where, find the hashtags of who's having conversations around activities for kids, books for kids, that kind of thing. Um, Figure out where those kind of conversations, who's having them, what are they talking about? How can you join their conversation so that they want to turn to you and say, hey, Fraser, tell us about you. What are you working on? Um, There we go. Anyway, next.
1: Now, that's great. <laughs> that, that's really good advice. I wanted to, I actually wanted to build on that. Something you said earlier, Kelly, about look to add value, look for ways to add value. Um, I'm thinking about that, how to apply that to what Frazier does with his books, with his artwork. It seems like both of those have potential. And I don't know enough about your art, I don't know enough about your book, but it seems like there are people in need right now. They might be in need of some artwork, they might be in need of some. Uh, books. If it's fiction, certainly plenty of time to read fiction right now. If it's nonfiction and you're you're looking to help someone learn something, now's a great time to be learning something too. So, like, are there things that you could do there um, to give first uh, in a very tech star sort of way? That's that's their mantra. Um, could you give first uh, in the way Kelly is recommending here uh, to give value? That, that was one thing that came up for me just when you were talking about what you were doing because. You start talking about your artwork. I'm, now I want to see what the artwork is like. Right. And now I, I'm curious about what kind of writing you're doing. So I, also, I wonder if there's a way you could potentially.
0: Yeah. I was just going to say, sorry, I was just like, you know what? How great would it be for to make like a Zoom background for people? What better way to show off oh, the yeah. art than, you know, like some cool Zoom background that you have when you do these calls and people are like, whoa, where'd you get that background? I want one. And you're like, here, here's where you can download it off my website. And then everyone can see everything else you're doing. You know what? What piece oh, of your
2: that.
0: what piece of your children's book could you have like a free downloadable thing? Uh, had a conversation on Twitter the other day um, with my friend Ian Harkin, who has Lottie Dolls, which is in the UK, and the number of hits on his website that happened afterwards because he's got free downloadable, you know, activities for kids that range from STEM to, you know, all. All sorts of things. Anyway, uh, alphabet, STEM—you know, really important stuff about you know, you know, careers of really inspiring women. All this kind of stuff. Well, they're on his website downloading this stuff. You don't think they're going to go and look and see what else they can buy while they're there?
1: So, totally. That's a great, great idea. Um, so I wanted to uh, before we go on our next question here, um, and it looks like there's still a few questions. So that's great. I did get the results from the poll. Um, The question is, how are you networking remotely currently? And the options were virtual coffees, leveraging current network, social networking, social media, virtual events, and other. And the number one was virtual events, followed by social media, followed by leveraging current network. And so I think that's really interesting. Um, Obviously, we're on a virtual event right now, so maybe that's a little bit skewed data because the people we're polling are the people who attend virtual events. Um, But I'm curious, Kelly, you you mentioned jumping into the chat functionality when you're at a virtual event. Do you have any other advice for how to make the most of a virtual event when you're attending one?
0: Share the information. Use the hashtag. let your network know that you're attending these advance events before you attend them. Let your network know afterwards. I, uh, you know, you never know who you're going to connect with as a result of posting those things. Uh, and I say that, you know, like using the hashtag and sharing out the insights, not because I'm sitting here right now and saying, gee, you know, you should be doing that, but it's a way of engaging other people. Um, let me see, uh, that's happened to me twice in terms of really like great outcomes because of doing that. And one of the times was at, at South by Southwest. Now granted, I was live, but because I was tweeting the keynote madly and crazily, you know, every little comment, one of my friends who I had sort of tweeted and followed and had little online conversations with on Twitter, direct messaged me and said, whoa, are you here too? And, you know, then I got to spend 90 minutes talking about building community with the first blogger for Dell Computers. And Lionel Manchaka has been a really good friend ever since that, but our entire relationship had been on Twitter before then. But because I was tweeting, he's like, whoa, you're here too? Let's go, let, let's grab a coffee. Let's, let's do this. So, you know what? You want to expand your network with new people you know, use these functions. We're not just putting out our Twitter handles and hashtags for the fun of it. You know, this can be a way to connect meaningfully if you choose to do that. And then, and then I was interesting with those results um, of the, the survey, which doesn't really surprise me. People always think of networking, that activity, they always think about it as who is a stranger, a new person who is going to help me versus. How can your existing network be of help? And how can you be of help to it? All of us have big, interesting networks behind us. And your existing network, you want them to bring that to bear to what you're doing right now. So how are you nurturing and taking care of them? And so that survey of like, how are you networking now? Come on, people, you got to boost up how you're taking care of your existing network. And your existing network is, yes, the people you work with. The people you used to work with, the people you went to school with, the people you used to go to church with, community service, sat in a co-working space, friends, bowling league, you name it. I don't, all of, Your hairdresser, your, you know, whatever, right? One of my friend's pivotal introduction came through his personal trainer. Everyone in your network has value and has networks. How are you treating them? Like, come on, let's boost that one up. You'll be much happier in the long run and you'll have to worry less about schmoozing at in-person events if you do that anyway.
1: Do you have any suggestions for uh, the right way to reach out during crazy times like these? Um, What does that look like for you? Have you received some outreach that really touched you and really like made you feel like that was someone who cared about you? Any advice on that front? I'm so
0: glad you're asking this. I I think we really need to be careful how we reach out right now because how we treat people today is going to last longer than this pandemic. And I have said that before and I'm going to keep saying it because if you reach out right now and are a complete and utter insensitive tone deaf jerk, we're going to remember that. All of us are going to remember that. Your life, are well, listen, we're messy hu- humans. We're, we're complicated, confused, we're scared. All the rest of us, all of us are feeling that. And you need to realize, even though someone could look perfectly poised and together on a Zoom call right now, that may not be the, the, the chaos. They're not showing you the chaos in their life. So you need to realize someone's life is chaotic and you need to take that into account when you reach out to them. They may be homeschooling. They may be, you know, working full-time. Their spouse may be out of a job. You, you know, they may not be posting all of that on Instagram, right? So keep all of that in mind. What I would say even before the time we're in right now, Matt, as I always say to people, if you can find the answer to your question on Google, ask a better question. Do not waste someone's time with something that you could have discovered had you Read you know the website, had you you know read the blog, listened to a single podcast episode, do the homework so you can ask a better question. I had someone um God it was it was earlier this year, it was probably back in January. They reached out to me um, because I'd been referred to them to speak at a conference that they were going to be holding, and the person who called me said. I know I can read about you online, but why don't you tell me about yourself? I thought if this person had not been referred to me by a dear friend, I would have ended the call right then and there because wasting someone's time. That's like the biggest, like, no, 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 no. Biggest networking mistake ever. So do the research, do the homework, put yourself truly in the shoes of the other person, then craft a communication that if you were to see, receive it, you would be okay with it. You would be either happy to receive it um, or you wouldn't You know, completely light your hair on fire. So long answer to maybe a short question, but there's my best advice.
1: And and, uh, I want to be totally transparent, Kelly. I feel like I caught 80% of that because you turned into a robot for me, at least on the front and the back end of that. Uh Um, But it was very cool there for a minute. I wanted to like add a beat to it and turn it into like an EDM song or something. Um, But I I know that uh, I, I really heard uh, you loud and clear when you said uh, make sure you're not wasting people's time in the way that you reach out and don't just, Give an open ended question. Hey, how are you doing? What is it that you do? Uh, that, that is, yeah, loud and clear.
0: Be specific. Want- be, be, be considerate. Be specific. Write an email that you would want to receive and do your homework beforehand. Like, do so much research before you send the email.
1: That is great, great advice. And I want to encourage people. Uh, one of the things you mentioned for digital events, I want to encourage people to hit you up on Twitter at J K Hoey uh, on Twitter. And can you pronounce your last name for me, Kelly? I know I've asked. Hoey. This, Hoey. All right. Well, I know I've asked that a million times, and I always second guess it. J K Hoey. Make sure you follow her on Twitter. Um, you can even tweet at her with the hashtag Powder Keg Live. Um, but I want to thank you, Kelly, for being a part of this show. Um, we're going to jump to our next segment here in just a minute, but first just want to say, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And is there anything that the powder community can do for you?
0: Well, keep being part of this community, keep building this community, keep contributing this community. You will, it'll pay off in spades for you. So that's what you can do it for me. And as I always say to people, if I'm here mentoring, go and mentor somebody else.
1: Ooh, that's great. Pay it forward. Well, that's it for today's show. Thank you so much for listening. Also, huge thanks to Kelly Hoey of Build Your Dream Network. Go check her out over at jkellyhoey.co. And for links to Kelly's social profiles and the other people, companies, and resources mentioned in this episode, head on over to powdercake.com and check out the show notes. You can check out some of the other episodes while you are there. So make sure you check those out. Over 100 episodes already of the Cake Podcast. And we're going to be doing a lot more virtual events like the one you just heard. So be sure to check out upcoming live streams and community Q a with expert advice at powderkeg.com slash events. You can check out the whole lineup there. And if you're currently in the market for finding a new role, powderkeg can connect you with awesome tech companies between the coast that are growing like crazy. Right now you can apply for free at Matches, and if you're currently in the market for finding a new role, Powderkeg can connect you with awesome tech companies between the coasts that are growing like crazy. Right now, you can apply for our free Matches platform at powderkeg.com jobs. Matches has a specialized focus on tech hubs outside of Silicon Valley, so you can easily navigate this opportunity-packed landscape for potential. Our job matching platform leverages thousands of participants, employers, and teams within our ecosystem to get you connected directly to decision makers, shortcutting the hiring process. You can apply today for matches again totally free at powderkeg.com slash jobs. And to be among the first to hear the stories about entrepreneurs, investors, and other tech leaders outside of Silicon Valley, subscribe to us on iTunes at powderkeg.com slash iTunes. And if you left us a review, I would be forever grateful. Thank you again. We'll catch you next time on the Powder Keg Podcast.